Welcome back to the Other Side of I Do podcast. I am your host, Jan Bugai. Now, for those who are new, the Other Side of I Do podcast is devoted to supporting husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, as they journey this married life, no matter what season you're in. To provide real life stories that may make you laugh, some may make you cry, but it's also to provide resources and to impart into you that regardless of where you are, you can change. And by doing so, your life and how you respond to life circumstances can change. So thank you for being here. Hi, everyone. This is episode number two. And I'm sitting here listening to raindrops outside. It's pretty cold here in Alabama, but I'm so glad to be here recording this episode for you guys. Now, if you haven't listened to episode number one, go ahead and stop now and listen to it because this episode is an extension of the first episode. In today's episode, I share takeaways from the first episode. I went back and listened to the first one and wrote down about six takeaways that I wanted to share with you guys. So yeah, if you haven't listened, go ahead and stop and come on back because yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> but if you already listen, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, the first takeaway that I want to pull from that episode was that no matter what's going on in your marriage, um, especially if you're dealing with what I talked about in episode one, you need to seek help. So takeaway number one is to seek help. Why seek help? Because we can't live this life by ourselves. Because we all need someone. There are many times that we believe that we're going through something that no one else could possibly understand or that we're going through something that we wouldn't want to share with anyone else. We would not want them to know the things that we're going through. And that's one thing really that the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants to keep you in isolation and have you thinking that you're all alone. Have you thinking that no one will understand or you're all alone and no one would understand what you're going through because they haven't been through what you're going through. Now think about that. How in the world could that be possible? There are billions of people in the world. There are lots of people in the world. We don't know all of them. But don't let the enemy fool you in saying that you're the only one going through this or no one in your neighborhood is going through this or none of my friends have gone through this. Yeah, you know, we look at Facebook pages and we see Instagram feeds. You see people at church, you see people at the park and, you know, they everybody looks so happy. Everyone looks like the sun's always shining. And you get to thinking, no one could possibly be going through what you're going through. Well, of course, you know, everybody's not going through 
the same thing at the same time and not all one, you know, not everyone's sad all the time. But there are ebbs and flows in life, guys. Maybe at the moment, your group of friends aren't having the same experience as you are, or maybe they never have. But at some point, somebody somewhere has gone through something. That's just a fact of life. So no matter what it is, whatever it could be, whether you're going through something personally, whether you're going through something as a couple, going through something as parents, or going through something as a friend, a daughter, or a sister, whatever it is, someone else knows and someone else has been there or can relate. So don't be fooled into thinking that whatever you're going through, no one could possibly understand. There is, there is someone. And even if they haven't been through what you've gone through or what you're going through, what you're dealing through, you know, what you're dealing with at the moment, they've been through something. They have been through something where they can say, hey, you know what? You know, it sounds like a bad time for you right now. This is a bad season, but you can make it through this and I'm here to help you. I'm here to stand with you. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to lift you up. I'm help, here to help you walk this thing out. So don't, don't isolate yourself. That's takeaway number one. Seek out help, whether it's by a friend um, or through counseling. Now, of course, I recommend the professional route. Make sure that when you're seeking out help, whether it's a friend or a professional, Make sure it's someone that you can trust because when it comes to talking to someone, it really needs to be someone that you could be honest with. You know, you know, we can go to the doctor and we can tell them things we want them to know. And to be honest, as a health professional, we know when people are lying. They know when you're lying. They know when you're not telling the truth. They know when you're holding things back and making stuff up. So you might as well tell the truth if you really want the help. There are times when you talk to someone you may not feel comfortable sharing. So even if you do seek out professional help, you know, you go to a counselor. And if you don't seem to have that connection, it's okay to say, hey, you know, I'm not really feeling the connection here and just seek out someone else. But don't go through this thing alone because this is your life and you need to be able to share with someone whom you can trust and feel comfortable speaking to. Seek out help. Seek out someone that you know you can share this information with as you feel comfortable sharing so that you're not trying to deal with this and handle this all alone. There are people who are willing to help there are people who are available. So, again, takeaway number one is to seek out help. My second takeaway would be to feed yourself. Now, I'm not specifically talking about food right now, but there are times when you're going through and you don't want to eat. So it may be necessary to feed yourself physically. 
depending on how you respond to stress or pain, you might either eat more food, and that may be, you know, unhealthy stuff like, you know, cakes, candy, junk food, ice cream. Or you may be like some and stop eating altogether because of a lack of appetite. You know, people respond to stress and pain in different ways. I um, recognize that in myself, there were days when I didn't even have an interest to eat. So, yes, maybe when I say feed yourself, you know, that, you know, may really mean physically. But my actual takeaway to feed yourself um, means to feed yourself spiritually. Feed your mind. Monitor what you're watching. Monitor what you're listening to, what you're hearing. When you're going through something, whether it's in your marriage, which is what I'm talking about from episode number one, that wasn't the time for me to start feeding myself television shows that talk about divorce or infidelity or some of the movies that were actually showing people intentionally seeking out other relationships, even when they were married. That wasn't the time for me to start listening to songs that talk about how many people I could be with on the side. (laughs) No, that wasn't the time for that. When you're going through something, you want to feed yourself something that's going to build you up. So when I say feed yourself, at the time I was recognizing when things weren't right, I was recognizing that I didn't have the feelings for my husband that I once did when he didn't have the feelings for me. And, you know, I've talked about that in the first episode. Like I said, I was always a woman of prayer, a woman who recognized God and the importance of God in my life. But during that time, God drew me in a way that I had never sought him before. So again, I know for myself that it was only God. But I started at that time feeding myself by going to bookstores and walking through some of the self-help aisles and books about God and marriage and prayer. As soon as some book sparked my attention, I would grab it, flip through it, and I'd ask, how could this help me? So that's what I mean by feed yourself. Whether it's books, whether it's some TV shows or some movies. I do remember buying this subscription. Um, These people are not paying me, but I was flipping through Facebook and Saw the Pure Flix ad. Maybe y'all have seen that ad on um, Facebook. One particular ad drew me because the movies had, um, or the ad had a theme of faith and a theme of hope in God. And I knew I needed that at the time. At the time, I think we had Netflix and um, I didn't really watch TV much, but again, the ads on Facebook about Pure Flicks were just drawing me in. So I bought the subscription. I started watching it regularly, regularly, and as only God can, which he always does, he would place different movies in my view. Movies about hardship, about relationships, and about forgiveness. And I can specifically recall this one movie. I don't remember the name of it. I wish I did. But it was this movie about this pastor. Now, guys, 
this movie was wild. Um, it was wild. I, at first, I was like, is this pure flicks or is this Netflix? Because it went in a strange direction at one point. But again, it was about this pastor. And, you know, as pastors often do, in this movie, this pastor had counseled a married couple. I don't remember why they were seeking counseling. But anyway, the couple, the pastor had counseled, end up getting a divorce. Well, the... um the husband of the married couple they had, you know, hit that he had been counseling, he was upset about his wife leaving him, you know, about them getting a divorce. And he blamed the pastor for his wife divorcing him. So he sought to get revenge on the pastor. He first destroyed the pastor's name in the community and church. Then he took the pastor's son and wife away by killing them. Now, guys, yeah, I told you this movie was wild. Um, by the end of the movie, the husband ended up in prison, you know, for killing the son and for killing the, um, the pastor's wife. But every day, the pastor went to the prison to see the guy who had killed his wife and killed his son. Y'all, this movie had me all torn up. And I was crying by the end of it because at the end, the guy said to the pastor, why do you come here every day? I destroyed your name. I destroyed your life. I took your family away. Why would you come here every day and sit here and read the Bible to me? After the guy asked the pastor that, the pastor said something about forgiveness. He said something about the forgiveness of God and how he had forgiven him. Now, guys, I was like, what? I told God, I said, Lord, what are you telling me? Again, guys, this movie was deep. I mean, this guy had killed his wife. He had killed his son, destroyed his name. And after all of this, he was going to the prison every day and reading the Bible to him and told dude that he forgave him. I was crying. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know if I could do that. But whatever you're telling me right now to do right here, right now, in this marriage, in this situation. I'm going to do my best to do it as long as you're with me. So, guys, that's what I mean by feeding yourself. Once you start to feed yourself on the word of God. And get into his presence. You're going to see things in your life change. You're going to see things in your in yourself change. And you're going to start to believe. And I do believe as you see yourself change. You're going to see the people around you change. Now again, I think I mentioned this in the first episode. That may be the people around you change because you change and you stop associating with the people you were once around. Even though we're talking about marriage. Or the people around you will see a change in you. And that's going to make them want to change. But either way, change is going to happen. 
and it's going to be for the better. So again, I encourage you to feed yourself on something that's going to build you up, that's going to lift you up, that's going to keep you hedged in protection of peace. Watch the words you're saying. Watch the words that are coming into your ears, the words that are coming to your eyes, either through media, either through relationships, either through books that you're reading. Feed yourself something that's going to keep your mind at peace, even when the storms are raging around you. My third takeaway is that God sees you, he sees you, he hears you, and he knows. Now, with that being said, you already know by listening to episode one, again, I pray. I believe in prayer. Like I said, um, when that man paid for my food and I looked up at him, I knew without a doubt that God was seeing everything. He was hearing all of my prayers. He was seeing all the times I was crying, all the times I was sitting at home at night. He was seeing me driving to work, an hour to work, an hour back home. During those times, I would listen to different CDs and listen to books on uh, CD. I was also reading at home and just seeking God. So I knew he was hearing me and I knew that he was seeing and that he knew everything that was going on. I didn't know how he was going to work it out because, again, I was ready to give it up. But God sent a messenger. And God, he's not going to send a messenger to tell me something that I already knew. He's not going to tell a messenger to send you something you already know. Yeah, he's going to send some uh, someone to speak to you. He's going to, you know, tell you some things that. You're already going on and you're going to be like, well, how did you know that? But that messenger is also going to speak something over you, something that you never could have imagined. Only a word from God, only a word for you. So when he sent the messenger that messenger that um, that spoke to us that Sunday morning before the divorce papers were to be delivered on Monday, he wasn't telling me something I already knew. He told us some things that we could never have imagined or thought would come out of this marriage after all that we had been experiencing. And so, again, my third takeaway, know in your heart of hearts that God knows that he sees, he hears you. And if you surrender to him, he will lift you up out of the pit. My fourth takeaway, forgiveness is a decision and a process. Now, I don't know if y'all have heard of Miss Lisa Turkish. I think I'm saying her name right. Please forgive me, Miss Lisa, if you ever listen to this podcast. and uh, Maybe one day you will. But anyway, Miss Lisa Turkish, she has a book out called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Now, she is a woman of God who has experienced infidelity and God has used her in such a way in this time to speak on how forgiveness is a decision and how forgiveness is a process. 
Now, her experience happened after my experience. So I didn't have her or her book to look to and to glean from her experience. God brought me through this. Well, I was about to say God brought me through this alone. But that would be a lie because I wasn't alone. I was never alone. He was always with me. But anyway, I've listened to her more recently. And she explains, um, excuse me, she explains it so well that forgiveness is a decision and a process. And she breaks it down. And I've listened to her and I agree with what she says. Again, um, her name is Lisa Turkis, L-Y-S-A. Turkus, Turkus, T-E-R-K-E-U-R-S-T. So you can Google the name, um, watch the videos, grab the book. But anyway, forgiveness, she says, is, well, this is what I'm saying. Excuse me. Forgiveness is not just saying, I forgive you and that's all over. No, ma'am, no, sir. You can say anything you don't believe and anyone can say I love you and not mean it. Anyone can say I forgive you and still have unforgiveness in their heart. A conscious decision must be made and this is a decision that only you can make. But it's also a decision that only you have the power to make. And that's one thing Miss Lisa talks about. Then once you decide to forgive, it's a continual process. It's a process because we have memories. Memories that are stimulated by we, by um, what we sometimes call triggers. And if you have lived any time, you know that triggers come out of nowhere. It could be a song. You could smell something. It could be a word, a sound that may trigger the memory of the pain, the betrayal, the abuse, or hurt. That you said and thought you had forgiven. But don't be alarmed. Know that triggers will come. They're coming. You've seen it. You heard it. I don't care if it's been five years. And you renewed your vow two or three times. Yeah, whatever. Something is going to pop up. And going to remind you of something you didn't want to revisit again. Those triggers don't mean you don't forgive or didn't forgive. And as Miss Lisa describes it, she says forgiveness or describes the forgiveness as a decision to process. She says we make a decision to forgive for the fact that what occurred to us has happened. So when we decide to forgive, we're forgiven for the fact that it happened. We for, we're forgiven for the fact that, yeah, you lied, you cheated, uh, you did this to me. So that's what forgiveness, as she describes it, is forgiving the fact that it happened. It happened. But then we must walk through a process of forgiving for the impact of how that affected us. I had to, and if you're going through some pain in your marriage because of your spouse, you must walk through the emotional healing process for the impact the experience had or has had. Miss Lisa says, when we're triggered, it's just a reminder that there was an emotional cost. The pain that we've had or experienced 
the impact of it is just a reminder that triggers just a reminder that there's more healing needed. It's not a reminder that says, oh, well, you, you didn't forgive in the first place. No. When you hear that song, when you hear that word, when that smell, when whatever it is that triggers you to remind you of the pain that you have um, experienced, it doesn't mean that you never did forgive that person. It's just a time to say, hey, you know, there's just some more healing needed. Again, this is just another reason. Takeaway number one, when I talked about seeking help, seeking counsel, counseling, that's where you're going to still need, you know, I don't know if, if you start counseling, then stop and then some triggers occur again. You know, you may need to go back into counseling or you may start, you may need to go back and think about those things that you learn in counseling to help you deal with the triggers, whatever it is, get the help that you need. Okay. So I went through those stages, but I didn't know what to call them. I knew clearly what triggers were, even though I had made the decision to forgive. So no, don't let your feelings towards your spouse dictate whether you forgive him or her. Miss Lisa puts it beautifully. She says you deserve to stop suffering and holding on to unforgiveness because of what your spouse may have done to you or although we're talking about marriage here, whether it was a friend, parent, whomever, someone you didn't even know. You deserve to stop suffering and holding on to unforgiveness because of what someone did to you. The only thing that does by holding on to unforgiveness is building up bitterness, anger, and resentment in your heart. She says our hearts are too beautiful for that. Ms. Lisa also encourages us to allow God's forgiveness to flow to us and through us to the one who hurt us. Again, I didn't have all this beautiful content and revelation that you can find in her book, which is forgiving what you can't forget. And I didn't have all the internet resources that are out now. But I did have my conversations with God. I did have his word. And I did have the signs he placed in my path. So takeaway number four is forgiveness is necessary for healing. And it's a continual process. Takeaway number five, growth is uncomfortable. Now, you may ask, what does experiencing infidelity and betrayal have to do with growth? Well, first, let me start by saying that no matter what season you're in on the other side of I do, there will come a time for growth. But growth is not designated just to marriage. Relationships require growth, whether you're married or single, an adult or a child. I mean, life requires growth. As I refer back to my why in episode number one, I mentioned the quote from a book by Marshawn Evans Daniels titled Believe Bigger, where she stated, some of the lessons we've learned came not from a place of wisdom, 
but from our wounds. Now, if you happen to be experiencing the pain of infidelity or betrayal in your marriage, you already know you are in a devastating season. And it's an uncomfortable season that you don't want to be in. But whether you both agree to work on the issues within yourself and your marriage to stay together, it's going to require some uncomfortable conversations. It may require some pulling and gnashing of teeth, behavior and mindset changes that won't be a walk in the park. But there is something about renewing the mind, changing the heart, and freedom that is found when we are pressed and made uncomfortable. Guys, my point here is to share that you can come out of this season better than you ever imagined you would ever come out. I'm not here to tell you to stay married or divorced. You should know by now that my heart and mind says to seek the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as you seek earthly support through counseling. Because you must take care of yourself. So takeaway number five is that growth is uncomfortable. My last takeaway is to surrender. I was not sure what was going to happen the moment I got out of the shower. I just knew that God was telling me that he wasn't done with my marriage. Now I was mad. And I wasn't so loving when I yelled back at God that he'd better do something if he was saying it wasn't over. But even in my rage of emotions, I knew my best decision was to surrender to God. Now I know you're saying, Jan, you filled out the divorce papers and paid the retainer fees. And yes, ma'am, yes, sir, I did. But like the song said, it ain't over until God says it's over. There must have been a ram in the bush, I suppose you would say. If you're not sure what that means, that's a reference to the book of Genesis, chapter 22. God's plan is always better. I chose to surrender to his plan. So guys, those are a few takeaways I want to share from episode one. I hope if you are or have had a similar experience, you are able to hear something to change your perspective and see hope for your situation. Again, I have not read Ms. Turkhurst's book, but just from listening to her speak at Pastor Mike Todd's church, which is called Transformation Church, which you can look up on YouTube, I believe that you will hear a message that will lift your soul. Thank you so much for joining me again. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And see you here again on the other side of I Do Podcast. Bye-bye.